Well, we are back with another Steelers Crazy podcast, a sick production. I am JY. This is Michael Nicastro. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Um, Sammy, just roll it because we're just going to jump right into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. Yeah, that that definitely never gets old. So shout out to our guy Sammy over there holding it down on the graphics. And um, first off, how are you? Uh, Thursday night football last night. Obviously, uh, we were on the bad side of things, and uh, we'll dissect the game. But uh, just you know, how, how's how's life? Man, I think it's easier to lose the night before a Friday than a Sunday and go into a Monday, which sucks anyways. So I think maybe emotions are a little better today because everybody's like, all right, at least it's Friday. I got the weekend coming up, opposed to when you lose a Sunday game and you're just like, oh, I got to wake up and go to work with a Steelers loss. I have to talk to people in the kitchen. That's the only thing they're going to talk about is Trubisky, Matt Canada, this and that. I'm trying to get work done. So I think I'm okay because it's Friday and excited about a weekend where we don't have to, uh, you know, jump on the Steelers as much as we normally would on a Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Like the bounce back time is a lot more because it's like, oh, it's the weekend, you know, uh, pit football plays tomorrow. We'll try and just, you know, let it get figured out. So obviously the Steelers took the loss on Thursday night football, which I thought everything about uh, that they did with that Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though I tweeted out, I think he jinxed us. He had the uh, Minka Fitzpatrick on before the game. Uh, and that that kind of came and backfired on the Steelers. Um, <laughs> none the way the guy's so entertaining. So who would you say is to blame? I'll get your side on it, and then I'll I'll speak my piece. The offense or the defense? Um, there was just from looking at it, you don't have to know much about football. I mean, the defense really didn't play that well, and the offense was just came out stale in the second half. I was literally in bed by the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, both, because you just said it. Offense didn't play well. Defense came out stale. It's amazing that the Steelers have this challenge sometimes. They did it a lot last year where both sides of the ball can't click at the same time. The first game against the Bengals, obviously they pulled out the victory. Defense played with their hair on fire. Offense, not very good. Game two against the Patriots, defense. Excellent. Really good game against Mac Jones and that group, aside from a few errors. Offense stunk, and Gunnar Osheski fumbled that punt, so not even special teams could get it right that day. Yesterday, I actually thought the offense was okay. I thought they played good enough to win the football game. And you know what's ironic is I was tweeting about that last night, or not ironic, what's crazy, I'll use this word, which is more fitting for our platform. People were texting me, about how the offense looks so good. And we were like celebrating this and, and throwing a freaking party. We're in the streets uh, of the South side, Carson street, throwing up balloons because the offense scored two touchdowns. <laughs> that that should show you how porous the offense has been and how lowered our expectations are. 
So really both sides, but the star of the game last night was a uh, Browns running back, Nick Chubb, who's an absolute animal, complete monster. They controlled the game through him. So a lot of the blame goes on the front seven there on defense. We'll talk to Chris Wormley about it next week, but I'm sure he's not happy. But really, no pressure on the quarterback, no ability to stop the run game. You're not going to win a football game with a lackluster offense that you knew going in was a lackluster offense when the defense plays like that. So both, man, I I, I don't know. It's hard to uh, to pick just one. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. And I literally just sent out a tweet right before we hopped on the podcast just to talk about, obviously, you've seen the George pick and catch. And what what's crazy, what's crazy about it is, is that I look at their roster last night. I'm like, there is so many, there's so much young talent on this team. And it's just like, I know it, it's only week three going into week four, but it's like, just sling the ball out there. I mean, you don't have to even know anything about football. If you have talented guys down there, hopefully Deontay Johnson can work on, you know, he had another drop uh, in a pivotal point in the game, which was really, I think, a momentum changer a little bit. But, uh, you know, what's got to give? Um, We'll kind of go right into it. Tomlin said uh, in the post-game presser, a definite no on is there going to be a change with, obviously I can't see them firing Matt Canada, you know, week, you know, week three in the season. Um, as far as a quarterback change, I could see it. I think that every Pittsburgher can envision it, that Kenny Pickett is going to get, you know, his time to be a starting quarterback this season. It's just when, and I think we just talked about it off air a little bit is that when, when, when is it? We, we said the jets, dolphins, what game is it going to be where he's QB one? And, you know, there's some, I, I think that it's excitement because it's like more of is Steeler land is what have we had to lose at this point? I agree. I think we have a, I think I have a pretty good read on it at this point in terms of when Kenny Pickett is actually going to start a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not going to be this week coming up against the Jets. I don't think it's going to be either the two weeks following that because they play the Buffalo Bills, shout out to Nello and Sammy. That's probably going to be ugly. And then Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I don't think they want to get Kenny Pickett his first game action against those two leading Super Bowl contenders. The Bills are the favorite in the AFC. The Bucks are the betting favorites in the NFC. I think they are saving Kenny Pickett from this mess opposed to the Steelers saving Kenny Pickett from saving them, if that that makes any sense wow. whatsoever. So I think there are two sides of the coin. I would put him in now. I think you would put him in now because either way, I think this is an eight and nine, nine and eight football team. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, at this point, I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. So go trial by fire with your young kid. He's the future. Listen, Joe Burrow had a really, really bad first season. Guys like Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Really, really, really bad first seasons. Josh Allen, you guys know, uh, back there behind the scenes, did not have a good first season. But they learned a lot. They were able to get that real-time NFL experience. And, of course, they've matured, at least in the case of Burrow and Allen, where they're excellent quarterbacks now. So this theory that you can't put a rookie in uh, to take lumps early on and he'll lose his confidence, I think is debunked a little bit by that notion so those two things, one, the Steelers aren't going to play him these next three games. You could bank on that. But two, yeah, I'm kind of with everybody else on Twitter sphere and, and you on here that why the heck not? What do you have to lose? At the end of the day, I'd rather lose with Pickett getting experience 
than lose with Trubisky, who's just a placeholder anyways. Yeah, I mean, they signed him. I was just listening on the radio uh, on my way home today, and they, they signed him for backup money. So, like, their ceiling on Mitch Trubisky isn't like – I think he was brought in to be a bridge quarterback, but it's a high ceiling because it's like if he produces and comes out and has the, the Pro Bowl season that he that he once had, it's like – Cool, yeah. but if not, they have Kenny, they have whatever they're doing uh, with Mason. I, I really don't know there. But uh, so kind of on the loss and the way that the season has started, how how do the Steelers turn this around? First of all, I want to mention, I know you're listening to the radio. I saw just a great point today. I'll, sh- I'll shout his name out, Chris Mack. He's on the fan. Uh, sent out a tweet about why would the Steelers sign Mitch Trubisky when they essentially have a bridge quarterback in-house in Mason Rudolph. I know we don't love Mason Rudolph. Don't think he's necessarily the future of the team, obviously. Never really was uh, after seeing what he was able to do on the field. But how different is he than Mitch Trubisky? They could have taken that $5, 6000000 million, improved the offensive line, maybe signed another linebacker to have more depth behind T.J. Watt, which has been a serious problem. Uh, right now, Malik Reed, obviously a new guy, but hasn't done anything since Watt's absence. But in terms of what they can do moving forward to fix things, <laughs> just hope and pray TJ Watt has an earlier return <laughs> than he's projected to. Just uh, pray. Just pray, man. No, I'll, I'll say hope that Najee Harris performs as well as he did last night. He was yeah, a beast. He, he looked like a man possessed at times, was finding holes. He was decisive. His vision was good. And in part, a lot of reason that helped that was the offensive line. This offensive line has been way better than we thought. We thought coming into the season that right now in week three, we'd all be saying, oh, my gosh, Mr. Bisky showing potential. Hasn't played bad, but he's getting killed by this offensive line. That was the narrative going into the season. Now yeah. it's completely flipped else. It's The narrative now is, man, this offensive line has played well, well above expectations, and Mr. Bisky and this offense still haven't been able to capitalize. I don't, I don't know how that changes. There's a rhythm that still needs to be developed, I guess, when you're a new quarterback on a new team. I said it last week. Look at guys like Matt Ryan struggling, Russell Wilson struggling. Of course, they're a little bit different than Mitch Trubisky ultimately, but there's a growing period there. I, I don't have a lot of confidence. You beat the Jets first and foremost. They need to do that or they'll go one and three with the Bills and uh, Bucks coming to town. So if you get to two and two, find a way to split against the Bills and Bucks. You give yourself a chance. But at the end of the day, I'm just not very optimistic, man. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Like, I'm I'm kind of obviously I'm always like the Steelers are winning the Super Bowl every year because, you know, we just like to talk stuff and it's it's all in good fun. But uh, realistic. And the guy on your shirt, it, maybe I, that's how we can fix it. If, if he you, walks out of the locker room, maybe that's how we can fix it. My man, Pat. He sent me this whole package. So I have a bunch of Steelers geared and stuff. I wonder if, if the Steelers called Ben Roethlisberger and they were like, hey, we want you back. Come back. Mentor Kenny. This is obviously an out-of-left-field take. It's not the last happen. home game. Why not? Yeah. To say, hey, listen, man, I think he's still got an itch to play. Uh, I mean, um, once again, people are going to crush us for, for even saying this. Can you but imagine watching what Brady's doing? In, it's in happened before. Years. Brady yeah. retired, came back. Don't forget about Brett Favre, a guy who called it quits and then came back. Like, yeah. it has happened. And Ben can't stay out of football. He's doing this podcast every week where he breaks yeah. down everything Steelers. 
I thought the Steelers upgraded a quarterback bringing in Mitch. They clearly didn't. Uh, ben Roethlisberger of last year has been better than Mitch Trubisky of this year, and I never thought I would say that going into the season. Uh, they're not going to call him. He's not going to come out of retirement, but it's fun to talk about that yeah. because that's a sick shirt. Yeah, definitely. And I just wanted to kind of say my piece on uh, before we get into our last couple of topics here is that Mike Tomlin, uh, one of the greatest coaches ever. I mean, love him, love everything about him. He stands for the standard is the standard. But when he when when I listen to his post game press conference and he says we have to assess this, we have to watch film, and then then he'll come back and say we just have to win. It doesn't matter. Whatever we tell you, we just have to win. That's the end result is everyone wants to win, right? When does he start being held accountable for making the decisions? Does he have that? Like, who is the ultimate, like, okay, like when things are really bad and the Steelers are one and seven, who is the person that is going to be is it a collective? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out because I think that that's where we're heading and that's what, what I think needs to be done because someone needs to be held responsible for figuring out how to fix the problems. And it's like, it will work out. It will work out. Well, it hasn't. Yeah, Matt Canada gets a bunch of blame, but you're right. He's the head coach. At the end of the day, he's Matt Canada's boss. If I'm doing a crappy job on this show, the sick podcast, and people are like, man, we got to hold Mike accountable for this. Ultimately, he'll probably get back to Anello and Sammy, and they'll have to hold us accountable for this. That's that's exactly what's going on in Steelers land. I agree. You, you can crush Matt Canada all you want, but Mike Tomlin is his boss, right? He over Even though he's not very involved offensively, he oversees those three phases of the football t- uh, team because he's head coach. He oversees offense, defense, and special teams, even if we know his specialty is defense. So we can, you know, crap on Matt Canada all we want. Has he done a good job? No. But Mike Tomlin is the guy that continues to support him. He can make a change if he wanted. He could go to Mike Sullivan. He could go to the Roonies and say, listen, we're done with Matt Canada. And guess what they do? They would listen just like they listened to him when he brought in Brian Flores walked into up to the room. He said, I want to hire this guy. He has that autonomy. He could walk in a room and say, I want to fire this guy, right? They might fight back a little bit, but as the guy who's there every day, running the ship, seeing these coaches in practice, he's going to have more knowledge on anything right on the field. So yeah, I mean, you could blame Matt Canada all you want, but Mike Tomlin's ultimately responsible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just what I like. When will we see changes? Because if it's just like, you know, a, a bumpy road, you know, trying to figure out this offense and getting everything to click on all cylinders. It's like, I get it. It's early. It's we're hitting the panic button, but we're not fully pressing it. We're only like halfway there. But when you get into the, when you get into the, you know, five losses and, and, and stuff like that, when, when you're, you know, looking out of playoff contention that early in the season, um, I just really, I don't know, man. I, I definitely trust in Mike Tomlin, uh, one of the greatest coaches ever. But I just think that, you know, something needs to give because you don't have to know a lot about football to watch the Steelers and go back and watch the games like you do and know that, uh, you know, that that's that that does not look good right now. Um, well, we're doing it. We're holding them accountable right now. So yes. what we exactly what we talk about, we're doing. 
So I think more and more people are doing it. So what gives at the end of the day, this is exactly it's a tough what job. needs to give. Yeah. NFL, man. It's like, that's why, you know, they get paid what they do. And that's why millions of people watch it every Sunday, Thursday, Monday. Um, it's, yes. It's it's the greatest show on turf. We only get two days off anymore. There's so much football. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, with college football now, like I think there'll be like like Fresno State will be playing at like ten o'clock tonight. Um and it's just nice to always have it. In uh in Pittsburgh today, it's actually chilly. I had to bust out the uh the windbreaker uh in the I'm morning. Not ready for it. I'm yeah, not. So, so get ready, uh, bring your mittens. <laughs> but all right yeah so we'll we kind of talked about it before but that just to kind of come back to it that george pickens catch i i'm not saying this because i'm a i'm a steelers fan um t- dude i mean that was like that's like you put that on a on a poster and frame it it's sick i mean it's unbelievable body's extended it's near impossible i totally agree with that but you ready for this? No, you're going to tell me the Deontay Johnson catch. It was better. And I'm whispering it, And we could agree to disagree here. Because he went up like an MJ Jordan logo, snagged it one-handed with his left hand, his yeah. non-dominant hand, tiptoed inbounds with a defender right behind him about yeah. to push him out of bounds. I'm whispering, whispering. Pickens' catch was great, but Deontay's was better. Yeah, I put a poll on Twitter last night. Who had the better catch, Pickens or Deontay? Pickens had about seventy percent to Deontay's thirty percent. People are living in the moment, man. It's easy to have a knee jerk reaction. I think that uh, Deontay Johnson's catch, it was like something was overshadowed by because like they didn't score on that driver. Yeah, yep. They didn't score. Pickens did, but I I think that that's that's why it was like there was so much crazy stuff that happened in that game that it was overshadowed. And you know what else? They called it incomplete. So oh they called it incomplete. That's they had to go back, slow down the process a yeah. little bit. You know, everybody's going to a bathroom break because overtime's got people crazy. Uh, yeah, We're gonna get some Dude, chips game, and pizza like for three years of my life. Yeah, exactly. So that's part of the reason. I'll take crap for it all day. I don't care. Deontay's is better than George. Right. We're celebrating Pickens. Listen, we're not arguing about good things. They're both amazing things. Yes. You know, this is this is a, a good debate for both sides. But I'm 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 now screaming Deontay's is better. No more whispering. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna be wrapping it up here, but we have a new segment titled Fill in the Blank, where you, Mr. Twitter, you you asked the uh, fans and the supporters um, to just ask some questions and, and you'll answer them. So you have them up? Yep. So you see it right there. Awesome graphic. We asked for some fan engagement. I'll tag you guys if we talk about you on this. And hopefully you can subscribe mm-hmm. at Sick Pod Steelers on Twitter. The more Sick giveaways, Pod- more podcasts. Yep, more giveaways. Steelers crazy on YouTube. The Sick Podcast Steelers Crazy. Get in your head. The Sick Podcast Steelers Crazy. Wherever you listen to your podcast. Yep, we're right here. So thanks for participating in this. You're right. Finish this sentence, and I'm going to go to you last on this. I'll go to the fans first, so you can think about your answer. The Steelers can turn their season around if. All right, so Adam at A Lance OG says, don't handcuff the quarterback and open the playbook. Maybe send Canada to Canada. Where have I heard that line before? I think it was just mentioned. 
uh, with our Canadian friends before we jumped on. So somebody yeah. in support of Mitch Trubisky, it sounds like Adam is saying that the quarterback is back is handcuffed mm. by Matt Canada. Well, and yeah, it kind of appeared that way for at least the first two games. Uh, Steel smoking at the A double says TJ comes back and the offense continues to improve. I'm with him on the first one. Maybe that's the only way is is uh, maybe put TJ out there in a sling. He might be better than Malik Reed was yesterday. Uh, let's see if they rename the stadium Heinz Field from Legra at AF. I agree with that one. You think they go undefeated the rest of the way if they rename the stadium Heinz Field? Dude, Maybe you forever. Seen what, you seen how the city rallied around Devlin Doc Hodges, a good a good uh, friend of the podcast, and uh, I mean sometimes you just need the spark and heart. Everyone's like heart only gets you so far. Heart wins championships. Don't that, don't let them tell you otherwise. Talent does, but I'm saying you have talent and heart. You can do anything. Our buddy Aubrey Graham Cracker at D Main Event ninety five. Oh. Says if Thanos gets the Infinity Stones and snaps his fingers, he's basically looking at a miracle right here. He's bringing oh, some uh, some superheroes into this, some Avengers and whatnot. This is my favorite answer. This will be the last one before I go to you. This is Melissa at Missy underscore NJ. She broke it down a little bit for us. She said, for the Steelers to turn their season around, she said it's not just one thing. If the defense gets better, that won't correct the quarterback offensive struggles and vice versa. New coordinators and position coaches, but still subpar results so far. The organization needs to get back to a winning culture and not a never had a losing season attitude. That's a baller answer right there. I totally agree. Uh, Melissa's hired. She can jump on the podcast next episode. We're ready. Break it down. It's pretty much what we talked about previously is the fact that this culture is different. It's not about Super Bowls anymore. It's about winning seasons. And here in Pittsburgh, man, the land of the six-time Super Bowl champions, they don't say the land of the over 500 seasons. Unfortunately, it's gotten to that point. Culture change is necessary. Thank you guys for your questions. What do you have to say? I just felt like I sat at your TED Talk. And that wasn't even mine. They helped me out. It's always good to have audience participation. It makes our what job easy. Mine? Hold on. Give me, one, give me one second. Oh, I love it. Uh, we got props coming in. It's like, whose line is it anyway? You get to see some whiskey in the background, something he needed to drink after that Steelers loss. Oh, they need you to put you in the game to turn it around? Is that what you're saying, Cade York? Someone actually tweeted that, uh, a Browns fan on Twitter, something about this is Cade York's cousin. We're not related. All right, you see it here first. That is not a okay, Los Angeles jersey. That's not How did the Steelers turn around the season? Put you in. Put in Kenny Pickett. From the University of Pittsburgh, and why? Because who doesn't want it? Find one person who doesn't want it. There's maybe two people who don't want Kenny Pickett to be quarterbacking for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Win, lose, or draw. Just give me some excitement at this point. Give me a, give me a throw downfield. Give me a. I can't get Mitch. Mitch did have that nice, that uh, nice run for a touchdown. So I, I give. I, I'm rooting for Mitch, man. I hope that he comes out and throws and and, and put. Up Patrick Mahomes numbers, but I'm saying living realistically, it's time for Kenny Pickett. Not the Jets falling week. You know what? It's like we were coordinated without even knowing it. Where's Pitt located? Party on! I would. I, wow. Party on Fifth Ave. That's the shirt I got on. That's the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to throw a Pitt 
shirt on. This is party on Fifth Ave on campus. Shout out Mac Miller and shout out Kenny Pickett because look at that. As fate has it, sick podcast. Steelers crazy. Looks like we're wearing Kenny Pickett's roots on our chest. Pitt jersey party on Fifth Ave, Fifth Ave jersey. Right. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. Let's do it. All right. Well, we just want to thank everyone and hopefully that the Steelers can get it together. We'll be back with another awesome episode of the Chris Wormley and Friends show. We have to talk about that front seven and that defense. And uh, yeah, man, um, just make sure you subscribe. This is Steelers Crazy for JY and Mike. We will see you next week. And it's still, here we go, Steelers. Another Steelers Crazy sick podcast. Sam, me. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.